So, Jeff, you're, you're just in your message, um, uh, we talked about there's there's always something that, that gets left on the, the cutting room floor or just, you know, forget to say it or uh, or intentionally not say it because it's just not something that's going to make it to the, the message. And uh, so let's just take a few moments and, and uh, kind of dig in maybe to, to some of those things. Sure. Um, I took I took some notes while you were you were uh, preaching, and um, uh, you would uh, first of all, was there anything that you feel like you know that that was I know I missed it. And, One thing, as soon as we walked off, or I, I walked off the, the stage. Um, there was a quote from C.S. Lewis, and um, that I wanted to to quote, and I forgot. So I'll, I'll say it now. Uh, C.S. Lewis says this about forgiveness. He says everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive, mm-hmm. right? That's good. It's something that we, we, we all believe we should do it. It is a great idea. It's a precept in our faith for sure. And it sounds great mentally until we actually have to put it into practice. Yeah. And therein lies the rub. You know, it's hard to do it. So that was one thing that I was hoping to use maybe as like a pivot point into yeah. why it's so important for us. Because yeah. I, I think running is great until I have to do it. So that, <laughs> that would have tied in really well. That is so true. Like last year, there wasn't a day last year, I, I don't think that I went out for a run and said, I'm looking forward to this. Like it was a, it was drudgery. It was hard. Um, I didn't want to go. I typically would only go because a friend of mine, Todd, was going out running too, and I told him I would go. Yeah. And if I didn't go, I wouldn't be. A, I'd be lying to him. So I went. Um, but it was this year when I started running. I, um, I began to realize I actually look forward to it. And there's moments in the middle of my run that I actually feel um, euphoric is the wrong word. But there's a moment when you feel buoyant, almost like like man, this is really living. This is great. Yeah. Your mind is clear. The, the weather's great or whatever. You're having a moment with the Lord. I don't know what it is, but it just feels really good. But it wasn't like that at first. Mm. And, and maybe that's even another tie-in to, yeah. to unforgiveness or forgiving people, rather. It's drudgery at first. No one wants to do it. Maybe we only do it because we are supposed to or said we would, right? But over time, maybe it would be something that we would find joy in. I've heard about that that runner's high, but I'm not. <laughs> I've never experienced. I've heard, I've heard of brownie high and ice cream high, cookie high. <laughs> so when when God gives us that that new heart, He takes a heart of stone, gives a heart of heart of flesh. Um, what what then do you feel like is is our role to play in keeping our heart fleshy? Yes, right. Oh my gosh, that's such a great question. In fact, um, I'm a little upset you asked it because I was thinking, as, <laughs> as I was preparing, that was a question I kept running into in my own mental um, sort of gymnastics as I was going through this in my mind. Um, All of us are born with a heart that is in fact sinful or broken, if you will. That by our very nature, our hearts do not have the affections or the passions or the motivations to live for God and by God's design for us. We typically want to rebel against God and live our own way. But God knows that that heart will not work for us. And so he has promised to give us a new heart. In fact, the Old Testament prophet Ezekiel says this, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. 
Yeah, if God is doing the work to give us the new heart, do we have a responsibility to maintain it or to keep it? I I think yes. I think ultimately it comes back to the Lord in the sense that he gives us his his spirit. Ezekiel continues in the next verse. And now he says, I'll I'll replace your stony heart with the heart of flesh. But he talks about, and and I'll put the spirit inside of you. Mm. So ultimately it comes to the Lord that he allows the spirit to indwell inside of us. It makes a, a, a habitable, Habitable? Yeah. Habitable? Is that a good word? Habitable. <laughs> a place for the Lord to dwell. Um, but we have to foster that. We have to be people who are willing to, to walk in the Spirit, to uh, allow the Spirit to work in us. The, the reality is, as you know, oftentimes we get to choose if we want to obey or disobey. Maybe oftentimes should be taken out of that <laughs> sentence. It's We get to choose whether we want to be walking in step with God or not. So long way to say, um, yeah, I think what we have to do is first off, notice when there's errors and make those micro adjustments that I alluded to. Um, but just be led by the spirit in, in yeah. those things. Yet we have a responsibility. Ultimately, our sins are still forgiven. You know, so we've had, you've probably had conversations like this where someone says, well, Christ forgives me of my sins. I can go live however I want. And we're like, mm-hmm. well, I kind of, <laughs> I mean, kind of, I guess. And yes, you're still going to be forgiven, but a, a life totally surrendered to the Lord would, wouldn't want to do that. Right. So the fact that you want to still sin, knowing that God's going to forgive you is indicative of a heart that's not completely surrendered anyways. Right. So, so there is a moment when we're born again, right? That we get conversion, a new heart metaphorically is placed inside of us. And then we get to work out from that salvation. Mm, we get to walk good. out in those things. Yeah, as, as, as great as my wife is, um, she makes a terrible Holy Spirit, right? As, <laughs> as great as our friends are, they, they make a bad Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, um, so I, I love that um, that that we have that, that the Holy Spirit that, to come along and to bring the conviction, to bring those things. And, and, and even as we, we grow, um, you know, he's the one who, to to come and, and, and as we're open to him to allow the Holy Spirit to, to teach and to guide and to uh, to do those those work those changes up in totally. us um, and I think that's where I've, I've found more more growth and more freedom is when it's been the Holy Spirit to bring uh, bring those things yeah um, um, I, I hesitate to even bring this story up I've shared it before um, I'll bring it I'll say it now and we can we could maybe leave it in the video or not. I don't care. Um, but years ago when I was going to church, I'd become a Christian. I'm, I'm in my mid-20s. But I'm still not fully living a life that's probably worthy of Christ. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just not doing some of the right things. Still acting irresponsibly on the weekend, um, etc. I'm married, right? Young, um, young married couple, recent Christian, but still not living the way that I live now, which I think is better. Um, anyways, all that to say, um, I struggled with drinking. I drank too much. I overdrank. The Bible says don't get drunk. Eh, I wasn't obeying that command. I was getting drunk a lot. And I remember one time um, I was serving at the church, and I thought to myself, you know, if my pastor would come to me and said, and say, Jeff, I don't, I don't want you drinking anymore. If you're going to play in the band here at this church, then I don't want to hear that you've gone out and got drunk. So... Okay, we're done. I don't want to hear, if, if I hear it, hear of it, you're off the team. Okay, if he'd have done that, I would have quit drinking. Hmm. I would have immediately quit drinking. But unfortunately, I believe at, over time, I would have resented him for it. 
I would have been like, well, he don't know. I can, you know, and I would have whatever. And it would have stuck. And eventually I would have gone back to drinking or I gone back to getting drunk, if you will. But when the Holy Spirit came to me in my late 20s and said, hey, Jeff, I don't want you getting drunk anymore. Hey, Jeff, you're making some really boneheaded decisions when you're getting drunk. You're, you're putting your life at risk when you're driving. You're, and, and on and on and on it goes. When the Holy Spirit came to me and said, Jeff, I want you to knock this off, it dried up, dude. I mean, it, it just it disappeared from my life. I never resented him for it. I knew he had the best intention for me and all of that. So, um, you know, all that to say, um, other people can speak into our lives. Our wives are great <laughs> at doing that. But you're right, they make a terrible Holy Spirit in that regard. Yeah. Is We'll resent them for it, you know, because we have to change or whatever. But we're never going to resent God mm-hmm. for for changing us because his motives are always pure. Not to say your wife's motives aren't, or mine's not. I'm not even going to get into that. But his motives are always pure for us. They're always right. They're always mm-hmm. in our best with his, with our best interest in mind. Yeah. And um, so when he does speak to us about some of those things, yeah, it's best. That's good. So there, there was a, a moment in your message where you, uh, you're like, if I could take the time, I'd, I'd really like to dig in. I think it was the, the 70 time, or 77. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, okay, let me think. Look with me in Matthew chapter 18. Verse 21, this is Jesus coming uh, with Peter. Um, Peter comes up to Jesus and says this. Then Peter came up and said to Jesus, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, he says. Now it's interesting what Peter's saying here. There's a, a current rabbinic teaching means the the rabbis were currently teaching that a person has to forgive someone who wrongs them three times. And then after the third time, you can seek your own revenge. So Peter is saying in a, in a, in a pious and holy way, wink, wink, Jesus, I know what the rabbis say, but how about this? If someone sins against me, how about I just forgive them seven times? That sounds good, right? Jesus responds in verse 22, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Now, we don't have the time to go into what Jesus is really saying there. There's a whole backstory in that. But just what's interesting is that 77 times actually um, harkens back to a passage in the Old Testament book of Genesis. In in Genesis chapter 4, we know the story of Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel, two brothers. Um, Cain ends up killing his brother Abel um, because of jealousy or anger or something there. Uh, The Lord basically uh, comes to Cain and says, hey, where's your brother? He says, you know, that famous passage, Lord, am I my brother's keeper? You know, blah, blah, blah. He'd already killed him, whatever. Now he's trying to, you know, hide from the Lord, disregard. Um, But the Lord knows that Cain or that Abel's been killed. And he banishes Cain from his presence. He says, you have to go away. Um, I'm gonna kick you out of the, the area here. And, and, and Cain um, goes to the Lord. He says, my punishment, this is in Genesis chapter four, uh, verse 13. He says, my punishment is, bre- is greater than I can be- bear. Behold, you have driven uh, me today away from the ground and from your face I shall be hidden, which means I can't be with you. I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth and whoever finds me will kill me. Okay, um, and then, so, so Cain's afraid to, to leave. He's a marked murderer now, and he goes, now if someone sees me, they're gonna seek vengeance. 
and they're going to kill me. And so the Lord says, not so. If anyone harms Cain, I will avenge him seven times. Seven times I will seek my vengeance against anyone who harms you. It's a long way to, to say um, the Lord is going to protect Cain. Cain goes on to have a wife, a couple kids, blah, blah, blah. One of his sons is named Lamech, right? Lamech actually brags to his wife one day that he killed a man for wounding me. He says, a young man came against me and I struck him dead to the ground. And he says these words, if Cain's revenge is to be sevenfold, then Lamech's revenge is to be 77 fold. Mm -hmm. And so it became to be known of Lamech's revenge that if someone harms you, you can actually seek justice and vengeance that far exceeds what was done to you. Mm -hmm. So when we read in the Bible, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, or whatever that is, it seems like if someone harms you, you know, to this level, you can harm them back. But there was an understanding um, of Lamech that if someone harms me, like this young man wo wounded me, I killed him. And so there, there yeah. was that understanding in Jesus' day as well. So when he says, no, you're to forgive them 77 times, oh, okay. he's even going That's all good. the way back to Lamech's revenge. Mm -hmm. He says, yeah, that whole understanding and that whole way of living is erased because of me. Mm. So it's kind of great. Yeah. So I don't good. know. I, I nerd out on some of those things. <laughs>